Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. From San Diego, California, this is the One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone. Romancing is fun and scheduling sex is taking the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we're talking about the impact that secret spending has on your financial intimacy and your emotional intimacy. And there's a quote around this from Jean Racine that says, there are no secrets that time does not reveal. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever coached with me, you know that I've said this about every area of your life, not just money as we're focusing on in today's episode. But first and foremost, we start every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And and a hug is really an opportunity to celebrate how the two of you are being intentional in your marriage, how you're taking action around the different intimacies. And this hug comes from a post in the one family that says, today was a great and productive day. We worked on several different intimacies today. I love that. You can work on more than one at a time goes on to say, we were supposed to have a date on Thursday, but there was a schedule conflict with the grandparents. So we pivoted and had one today. We had some dessert before dinner. And for those of you that have never heard us use that before, that is actually engaging in your sexual intimacy before you go and like do date night or have dinner and all that kind of stuff. That's right. So it says, we had some dessert before dinner and then went to grab the actual dessert ingredients and dinner and then came back home to relax and make some hand pies together. They were so yummy. It's been much better this week. I think we needed to give ourselves permission to take time for ourselves again. Looking forward to the next date. Also, we did it. Nothing like an impromptu seven-day challenge to get things moving in the right direction. Oh, wow. That's awesome. All kinds of stuff. We got recreational intimacy. We got um, physical intimacy, sexual intimacy, emotional intimacy, kind of all coming at you at the same time. That's right. right? And we love hearing that because it really just does bring everything all together in your marriage. And as Tony said at the top of the episode, we are talking about secret spending. And I was having a conversation the other day about large purchases and not so large purchases. And when do you tell your spouse and how do you tell your spouse? And, and it really, you know, anytime I start having a conversation with somebody, there is the part of my brain that always thinks of all of you and is like, huh, I wonder what this looks like in the one family. Yeah. Right. Like, like how are purchases handled? How are, you know, who keeps the money secrets? And why do you keep the money secrets, mm-hmm. right? What are the emotions behind that? And how can, you know, having this understanding of strengthening specifically these two pillars, financial intimacy and emotional intimacy, how can those impact your marriage, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not just, it, it's not just, okay, well, you know, these things operate in isolation, just like this couple, right? They had like four different intimacies going on in that one span. And, you know, there was an article in, uh, on this website called how stuff works. And I think, will you link to that? Article? I will. Okay, yep. perfect. That said, according to research, the average person in the United States has 13 secrets, five of which are still completely secret and shared with no one. And now get this, this is really big. There's a 60% chance that one of the secrets is about money, say researchers at Columbia University. Now, I do want to put this in like big fat parentheses. This doesn't mean it's you. This is the average person. Doesn't mean it's your spouse. So you don't have to interrogate them. And, and please do not go interrogate your spouse. 
this is just a study done that we found sort of interesting in the in special specifically in the second part there where it says 60% chance that there's what that one of those secrets is about money. Mm-hmm. And because we're talking about secret spending, we found that to be like, oh, if you want to go read more on the article, again, I'll have a link here in the episode notes so that you can read it all. Side note, have you guys noticed how many times I've actually said episode to make Tony happy? <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. One of my coaching clients actually pointed that out to me the other day in the session. But as we're as we're talking about this, you know, financial intimacy is actually one of the six intimacies that most couples don't necessarily think about before they get married. Right? Like you'll talk about, you know, some of you have talked about, you know, we're going to need a budget. Some of you talked about, you know, like we, I might need to change beneficiaries on my insurance or 401ks or, or things like that. But this idea that the two of you could create closeness and connection, connection. in your marriage around your finances for a lot of people, and I put it in, in the Six Pillars of Intimacy book, for a lot of people, it's almost like an oxymoron, right? Mm-hmm. Like finances and intimacy don't necessarily feel like things that would go together. And it's highly likely that a lot of you didn't have, didn't see your parents discuss finances or mm-hmm. see them actually have financial intimacy. And, and that was my case, right? Like I grew up, I remember my dad paying the bills. Mm-hmm. I remember random conversations about like, we don't have money for that, but I don't, remember ever actually seeing my parents it probably wasn't until they made the move to to for retirement and the move to puerto rico where i started hearing them have more conversations about like how are we going to do this mm. type of thing. but they moved to puerto rico like Five six years, years ago six and they're coming up now. on 50 years of marriage yeah right so so most of my life I, and maybe they were but as a child you just generally don't see your parents do that yeah you're, you're looking at me confused no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just thinking, you know, how we've done that with our children, mm-hmm. you know, and really getting them involved in those financial conversations, you know, not sharing everything with them, but having more talks with them like, Hey, this is how much gas really is. And this is how much the water bill is. And, yeah. you know, this is where we, we spent some money here. Turn your lights off. Yeah. Like. <laughs> And it's not to be from a lack mentality or anything, but it's just an ability to share with them to know, hey, well, this is this is how it flows in and how it flows out. Mm-hmm. And, and I know, you know, in a lot of families, and I've heard this from a lot of couples, that you know, if there was if there was kind of a tug of war around finances when they were growing up, if one parent controlled all the money and it felt, you know, very unequal, then there could have been some behaviors that you observed and not knowing that you observed, but you observed them that maybe it's contributed to your own secret spending or your spouse's secret spending, Mm. right? Because there, we learn so much from observation as children growing up and about what's okay to share and what's not okay to share. And that contributes as an adult to, to how you behave, right? You, you don't like grow up in isolation and, and have nothing impact you. Yeah. I'm just trying to think throughout our marriage, like where are those times where secret spending came up? Well, the Christmas debacle. The, the, the Christmas is the big one. Yeah, I know that one always just really, that one is very present. And I think it's just because of where we were in our lives at that mm-hmm. point in time where we didn't have a lot of money. So that one, like it's very prevalent in, in our minds. But I'm trying to think like even early married or where... There was no opportunity for secrets. Like we had no money. Like I couldn't... And we didn't have credit cards. Well, actually we did have credit cards at the beginning, but we didn't really... Mm-hmm. We Like we used the credit cards together. There wasn't a lot of... um, Like I'm just going to go out and spend. Mm. 
but and for those of you that haven't heard the Christmas debacle, it was actually why we were doing um, one extraordinary marriage. It was, um, oh gosh, I can't remember how many years ago. I but we had remember. both kids at the time. I mean, as we had throughout the, but it was a situation where I was still very much grieving um, the loss of our son Andrew, who had died. This is the kind of the thirty second foot or thirty thousand foot view. Um, I was still deep in grief and not processing things well. And at that point in time in our lives, we would get together with all of Tony's family. And so I like had this tendency to very much overcompensate for at Christmas. And this was a year that it was exceptionally bad. And so I like spent ridiculous amounts of money on making sure everybody had a gift. And I didn't tell Tony I was doing it. It was just like, Ooh, there's until we went to sit down and do our budget for January and there was no money. Mm-hmm. And then all the secrets, as I said in the quote at, to start the episode, time will reveal all your secrets. Well, you can't hide it when you're self-employed and you got to pay yourself and you're like, crap, we have a whole bunch of extra bills I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. And, and this is part of the reason why in the Six Pillars of Intimacy book, the entirety of chapter seven is devoted to financial intimacy. <laughs> because we realized as we started shifting our marriage that that we had to develop closeness and connection in this area that that it wasn't just that we had to develop but that being able to be financially intimate with another human being is actually a learned skill it's not something you're automatically born with so if you're like i don't have that that's okay you can learn it but i want to address the fact that there's a crack in your financial intimacy pillar if there is harmful secret spending and i use that word harmful very intentionally. Um, and I do want to say, even before I address the harmful, that both men and women, when we did a poll on Instagram, admitted to secret spending. So this isn't just her and it isn't just him. Both genders do it. Okay. So don't be pointing the finger at your spouse just because they're a different gender. But the harmful spending, and this is what I want to say, is that um, a lot of you shared with us that you will get gifts for anniversary, birthday, um, special occasions for your spouse. And that's, that's something the two of you have discussed, but you don't actually like you've agreed on a dollar amount, but you don't tell them what you're buying because it's a surprise for them. That's not what I'm talking about here. Right. Right. I'm talking about, you know, getting into this place where you're, you know, you're doing the target run and not everything comes in at the same time. Or when your spouse asks you how much you spent, you're, not being entirely truthful or, you know, you, you go to the, you know, Cabela's or one of the big sporting goods stores and and you're like, yeah, I want that bigger toy and I'm going to buy the bigger toy. Right. And you don't exactly tell your wife how much the bigger toy was, right? This is what we're getting into, right? This place where you're, you're keeping these secrets and hurting the financial and the emotional intimacy in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I want to share with you that, you know, this type of secret is so harmful to your bottom line, not just the financial bottom line, but the emotional, the foundational bottom line as a couple, because these are the emotions that so many of you shared on what happens after this. You shared that you feel guilty. You share that the reason that you keep these secrets is because there's been a dynamic created in your marriage where you're fearful of your spouse's reaction, that some of you feel selfish, Sometimes it comes out of this place of rebellion, right? You're you're rebelling against a situation in your marriage. You feel shameful. You feel embarrassed. And I read that list, right? Or or the comments. And 
Guys, those are strong emotions. Yeah, they are. And, and I want you just to think about that for a minute. If you're feeling guilty, fearful, rebellious, shameful, embarrassed, what does that do to how the two of you are relating to one another? Where, where does that impact your marriage? Not just in your finances, but how many other areas of your marriage, how many other intimacies can be impacted because of that? Yeah. And, I, and I'm just, and I'm just listening. I'm trying to, again, I'm trying to put myself in, in, a, in a place where, when has this happened? And, and I'm, and I'm just drawing a blank. And, and, and the only thing that I can think of for myself was in that time period when I was really into cycling, like super into cycling. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there were moments in there where it, it, it was just, I was spending and not necessarily telling you how much, you know, the new custom shoes were going to be, mm-hmm. you, you know, cause I do remember buying like some custom shoes out at the time. I think we're like six, 700 bucks, maybe mm-hmm. $800 for them. Y- you know what I mean? Didn't know. So still didn't know that was actually a revelation to me right there. Yeah. So that's, that, that's what I'm saying. I think for myself, there, there was that point in that period where cycling was so all encompassing for mm-hmm. me that there was some secret spending on my side going on. And knowing that, well, I have the business over here and I'll Mm. just, you know, I'll just move some money over Mm -hmm. and I'll take care of it. Mm. Um, Well, and can I just share what, when some people said that they, that they engaged in this? Yeah. Um, Some people, like there was one comment that said, I asked for a particular thing and I didn't get it. So I just went and got it myself. Other people, um, there were comments that said, um, there are times, and we might even be seeing this more and more now just because of rising inflation, where I, I've already hit my allocated um, dollar amount in a particular category, and there's still month left. Mm, yeah. And, you know, like I I mean, yesterday I went to the grocery store, I went to Costco, and I'm like, dang, right? Like, because you, you just see the prices ticking up, and it's like, okay, well, th- that, like, I still need to buy something, but how do I, like, got to get it. Right. People are talking about I, I think that's a big tension. Really. I think that's a bigger tension between husband and wife, and especially when we have our cash flow plans and things of that nature. Especially like we sit down, we say, Hey, this is what it is, mm-hmm. right? We've sat down. And then depending on who's doing the shopping or having to pick up those items, they're 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 put in a tough spot, right? Because say our limit is five hundred dollars and yet you're going to the grocery store and you're having to do these things to pick up for your family to provide, right? You want to provide food and, in the refrigerator. And, and and whatever else is needed to for your household to to run. And all of a sudden, you're like, "Holy cow, that went up to six fifty, and that was just overnight." And just so you guys know, we feel the strain just as much as you guys do mm-hmm. right now. in 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 the time frame, in the place we are, we feel it just like you do. I'm 48 years old. We have never seen inflation like this in my lifetime. I was eight. I didn't see it. My dad and my mom dealt with right. it. Right. We were, when you we know, were kids. We were, we were kids. I didn't, I didn't. We were sheltered from it. I didn't, I didn't know what the heck inflation was. I was eight years old. Right. Living in Banning, having a good old time, you know? So in our lifetime, we see it. So I can understand that in this time frame where it's like, well, that's what our cash flow is, but we still need to get these items. I was with our daughter last night and she's like, mom, I need gas. And so I go to get her gas and it's like 70 bucks in her car. And I was like, wow, 
right? And we're like going to Costco, we're finding the cheapest, but those are the types of things, right? When yeah. all of a sudden you, you, you start having these things and yeah, I have to tell you guys that when those emotions are in your marriage, it's not just your financial intimacy that's going to be impacted. Your emotional intimacy is going to be impacted because you're not talking about things. You're, you're going to withdraw from physical intimacy because you're feeling all of those negative emotions. It, it may prevent the two of you from actually being able to do any type of recreational intimacy because you're like, oh, we can't afford it. There's no money. Mm-hmm. And, and financial stress. I mean, we've talked about it many times over the last 12 and a half years. Definitely can have an impact on your sexual intimacy. And, and the reality is that every pillar matters because they're all interconnected. Right. And we need to figure out how to talk to you guys or not figure out how to talk to you guys, but we need to talk about that. And how to bring that transparency to your marriage after this break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We're back and we're talking about how to strengthen your financial and emotional intimacy and minimize the harmful secret spending in your marriage. And I want to just start off, you know, from an action standpoint of taking this from two different, two different points. And it's kind of, you know, the same thing that we did in the trust factor where we talked about if you're the one that broke the trust or if you're the one whose trust has been broken, essentially it's the same thing, right? If you're the one who does the secret spending, right, then first and foremost, you need to spend time self-reflecting and asking yourself questions like, why do I do this? Right? Like, like spend some time with you and be honest with yourself. Yeah, Cause there may be, there, there may be some trauma. There may be some things even that has happened in your marriage where you're like, wow, I can sort of start pinpointing it back to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes that can be hard. I'm going to just share like self-reflection for some of us it's tougher to do just by ourselves. For Mm -hmm. others, it comes easy. Um, If it's tougher, then reach out and have somebody help walk you through that. Right. Like it's okay to do that because it allows you to have some breakthrough and some understanding of why this might be happening. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself, what is my resistance to telling my spouse? Get in touch with your emotions. Um, Asking yourself what's, and I see this with a lot of my coaching clients. When we say, you know, a lot of times we say, well, why don't you want to do that? right? That like, that's the general question. And people are like, cause I don't want to. But when you ask yourself, what's my resistance, it allows you to go deeper, right? Why, why is my body? Why is my mind? Why is my mouth resisting stepping into this place? Mm. And then finally ask yourself, what would help me to be able to be transparent? Maybe you need a third party. Maybe you need to have that conversation outside of the house. Maybe it needs to happen at a different time in the month. Like what would help you be able to do that? Now, if you're the one whose spouse is doing the secret spending. If you're the one who finds out about the secret spending, you still need to like, you're not off the hook in terms of self-reflection because it takes two to create every dynamic in a marriage. You need to ask yourself, how, how have I contributed to my spouse being uncomfortable and sharing with me? Mm. There, there's a dynamic there, 
right? And, and you know, how, what's the, what is our dynamic, right? Because you may actually have to say, and part of this is saying, what has been my body language or tone of voice when I found out in the past? You know, probably not the first time um, because secret spending tends to repeat itself until there's an, a huge interruption. And so think back. Did I scream and yell? Did I slam things? Did I totally withdraw from them because I was so like, what did you do? Mm-hmm. Because those get seared into a memory. And I'm not saying you're not allowed to have your emotions, but think back. What have I done in the past? And maybe that's contributing to why this is still happening. And then finally ask yourself, what's a possible solution to more financial transparency? What can I do to create that, right? What can I do? There's mm-hmm. a reason every pillar um, chapter in Six Pillars of Intimacy has a section called what can I do? Because it starts with you. Now, as a couple. Can I, can I say one thing before, yeah. before we, we go as a couple? Believe me, you guys, that when we talk about these, these are questions that Elise and I have had to oh. ask ourselves. Hundred percent. And so, financial intimacy. I, I know it's it's one of those where it's like it's okay, we'll handle it. But there's so many things that come with it, mm. and when you can get open, honest, and transparent about it, things begin to shift in your lives. Just for yourself, the freedom that you get to feel, the the, the emotions that you are dealing with, how how are they now changing? You, you know what I mean? So that you can that you can have the conversation, that you can address this issue um, with your spouse. Mm-hmm. And even with your kids, they, they see it. They're, 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 they are seeing what you're doing and, and they're, they're digesting it and trying to understand how to address it with mom and dad as well. Mm-hmm. And as they get older and they, and they have their own money or you give them some money to go do certain things, Believe me, the, the dynamic begins to change even more. It's not just you and your wife or you and your husband anymore. Now it's you guys and your and your kids doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And so, how are you addressing it overall? And this is something that I've had to learn. Not so much with Alex, our oldest. He was much better with it. Like I could have conversations with him. It, it was just more chill. With our younger one, it's it's different. She she internalizes more. She mm. she really senses different things, and so I've had to just go, oh wow, how am I approaching mm-hmm. when we talk about our finances and our money? She actually is the one that <laughs> she may be more sensitive, but she's always at least when they were both in high school, she was the one that was more diligent. Oh, about, absolutely! Like wanting to to take ownership and take her role. Oh, absolutely! So two totally different kids, but it's so funny that. The, their sensitivities around oh, financial yeah. well, and how they spend is absolutely how they so different. So we've had to have different conversations. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, so gosh. that that's a whole nother thing. But and actually, before I go to you know what to do as a couple, I do want to say that that the if you do have children, and it doesn't matter how long you've been married, the two of you working together to strengthen your spiritual intimacy or financial intimacy will have an impact on your children. They will still catch it, no matter how old they are, that you two are working together. You're creating mm-hmm. this connection, closeness. You're, you're creating this language. You're talking about it. You're unified. I mean, one of the things that I read in a lot of the comments was, like, we are one, right? We, people are like, actually, this isn't a problem for us because we have worked through it or we've become unified or we have language around, like, all of these different okay. things. So there are a lot of couples cool. out there who have. Right. But getting into this place of saying, you know what, 
there are things that we can do individually, but what can we do as a couple? Yeah. Right. And as a couple, first and foremost, start strategizing solutions, right? Start from this place of not blame or accusation, but from a place of going, what are we going to do? Right. We've addressed what we can do individually, but what, what are we going to do as a couple? And for some of you, that may mean that you need to review your budget options um, how, and reallocate funds. Like legitimately, we're in a time period as the show first comes out in 2022, where there is rising inflation. The two of you may actually, especially around, you know, like the regular stuff like gas and food, the two of you may need to have a conversation. Hey, what are we seeing when we go to the gas pump in the grocery store? And, and what do we have to do as a team to address that with the money we have coming in? Mm-hmm. You are on the same team. You may not always feel like it, but you are on the same team. You may need to address, if you don't have this already, do we need to have fun money accounts for us individually? Right. Do we need to ha- like to know that you just have your own pool of money that that comes out of the family pool, but it's yours. If you want to spend it on, you know, cycling shoes, custom cycling shoes, uh, if you want to spend it on a new wardrobe, like whatever that is, if you want to just, you know, have your daily coffee at the coffee shop. But to know that that's money that you can just do with. Yeah, I think that one's a big one, too, because it's not what it allows is the shame, the guilt, mm-hmm. the resentment, all of that gets shoved aside because it's dealt with. I don't want to say shoved aside, but reduced. It's reduced. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, well, what I'm saying is that you don't have that feeling if you're using that money. Yeah. So, because we've already set it aside for one another. Right. Like, hey, it may be a hundred or maybe $200 a month and maybe 50, it, what, whatever, whatever it is. But now instead of pulling that $50 a month out of the general fund and going, oh my gosh, is my spouse going to find out? What if they do? Now it's just like, it's already put over here right. and, and you you just have your money. And mm-hmm. Elise and I have done that over the years. We, we've just called it our fund money. And it's just, th- those are our own p- envelopes, you know, or whatever it may be that we just tally it up and cool. There like you, you want to go spend 200 bucks on, you know, a pair of shoes or whatever it may be, go for it. Like yeah. no big. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I mean, those are just you know, kind of high level solutions right there to just get you started. If you're doing the secret spending again, as you do your own self-reflection, you're going to start to see, okay, well, what are the patterns here and what do we need to address? And ultimately some of you may come to a point where you're like, we actually need help in this area. Mm-hmm. Like what we're trying to do, we're struggling to come up with solutions. We're struggling to get on the same page where it feels more like tug of war. Like we've talked about a lot of the intimacies and we're having trouble getting on the same team. You may need a marriage coach to help the two of you get unified, right? And that's that's a word that came up in a coaching session the other day. You know, one of my clients was like, we just want to be more unified mm. in our marriage. And I thought, gosh, what a good word. What a good word. Because unity in marriage in any area shifts everything. Unity in your finances. I mean, we already talked about the fact that it impacts, you know, all of the other intimacies. So what happens if the two of you actually t- take action to get help Mm-hmm. in this area. Yeah. It, it, finances, they, um, they're, they're a part of our lives. And when you look at your financial intimacy and you go, okay, how are we going to strengthen this pillar around specifically what we talked about today? Maybe there's some secret spending going on. How does that shift our lives? How does it shift our future? How does it shift where we're headed? And so this week, 
I would say for you to just sit down and just think about this. It may be something that you have nothing to worry about and it's like, I'm good. Great. Maybe it's time for you to just share it with a friend. Mm -hmm. For some of you, it's like, wow, this really hit home and I need to address it. And go through those questions that we asked. Mm -hmm. Sit down with yourself. Do a little self-reflection. You know, it may open up some things that really need to be addressed right now. So that way you can strengthen this pillar, which is then going to impact every single other pillar of your marriage, which is then going to allow you to have the extraordinary marriage you desire. So with that, go after it. Financial intimacy is very important in your marriage. And we hope that this week will be the week where you get to get a broader sense. Maybe something we shared today allowed you to go, you know what? I'm going to address it this week. Mm -hmm. So with that, you guys have yourselves a great one and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.